So this morning, Ted Bruner is going to share the word with us. So Ted, come up and share God's word with us this morning. How you doing? Good? Good? I don't know, guys. Just take this for what it's worth. But the backstory of my being here today is I'm the backup for the backup. So did you all know that? Uh, and, and that's okay. That is okay with me, obviously. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, so good brother in the Lord, Dave Allen, was slated and maybe double booked. I'm not sure all that's going on. Uh, but... Uh, he asked if I'd step in, and I said, just make sure we're square with the Lottie family, and everything's good. So if it's not good, I can just use that as an excuse, right? He's just the backup to the backup. So, hey, I want to just ask the Lord to bless our time together. Um, we're we're going to be in Matthew, but just so we're there and we can make haste with um, our time in the Word. If you don't mind turning to 1 Timothy chapter 6. We're going to stop there for just a minute. I just want you to have that ready to earmark and to um, kind of roll out with me. So, yeah, let's, let's pray together. <clears throat> Lord, we just want to invite you into this time. This is an honor and a privilege. Uh, you know my heart <clears throat> when it comes to this family and what you're doing here. And uh, what an honor, uh, Lord, to get into your word together. Uh, make it make sense. Let your spirit come and just rest uh, on those places, wherever that may be, on our conversation today. And, um, and, and stick us good right in the heart, Lord, where, where we need to meet you today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So that prayer, uh, um, I want to multiply out because if you're looking at, at, at the, uh, the, um, the bulletin and you see a posture in prayer, my concern right away was that maybe some of you are like, ah, oh, I got the prayer thing down. I'm pretty knowledgeable. And maybe you willingly or so on, no, I don't know, unwillingly, you might check out a little bit. And I don't want that. So in order to capture that, I'm going to reference some of you. Maybe you know this. But this first slide, um, I'm going to check it out with you. But um, this, this little guy went viral at Christmas time. You can check him out. This is one of the good things you can check out on YouTube. But do you guys recognize Milo? Door holder number three. Um, if you do, you're, you're one of, I think it's up to like 750,000. Um, I don't know who short, shared Milo with me, but Milo's a little English lad. He's in his, uh, the car talking with grandma and mom, and he's like, this is Christmas time. And I'm not even going to try to talk English, but it makes it better, right? And he's just like, you're not going to believe I got a role in the Christmas pageant, and it's classic. And then grandma's just celebrating, and she's like, oh, who are you? Are, are you Joseph? Are you the wise man? And he's none of them, you know. Uh, are you the shepherds? He's like, no, I'm door holder number three. I get to hold doors. And she's like, grandmother's just doing such a great job of like, yes, that's so good. Are you excited? And that's what he says. I'm a door holder. Let's get in there. Let's go. Yes. You got to see it. You got to see it. I, I'm, I'm not even doing justice to it, but it melts your heart. Wana cracks up when she hears me. She can hear me uh, bopping around, and I just dial this in just because it's so good for the soul. Like, let's be door holder number three today, right? Okay, so you might know a lot about prayer, but maybe you don't. Not as much as you could. So we're going to be like Milo mentality today. 
And, and we're going to go into Matthew 6, but I want to give you an idea of, of how we get there. And, and in order to do that, you've got to take a little look at, at uh, uh, 1 Timothy, because it's going to set this up. So the backstory to prayer today, and uh, I just call this fresh bread. Sometimes for me, it's just a matter of where I'm going that week and who I'm going to be teaching, who I'm going to be working with. I'm like, God, what are you doing? You know, what are you doing in my own life? And, and what, what can I offer? So I'm, I'm, I'm presenting this to you almost as my team today. So I'm, I'm working with right now uh, two specific teams, Lehigh University Wrestling, which I got three fellows in the house. Give a wave. Hey, stand up. Let's stand up and give you a shout out. So... They, uh, they killed it in uh, Sunday school, our fellowship hour. So Jack and Dante and, and Max, um, they're, they're wrestling at Lehigh. Just came off an incredible uh, upset uh, win, right, against Cornell. Uh, nationally ranked team, top, the top 10 team, and you took it to them. So really, really good. And, and then also with these guys, this is pretty much every Thursday night as best we can. I'm, I'm, I'm working into a rotation uh, with Karen University basketball. And uh, I'm only telling you this so you understand why I'm offering this to you. But I, I, I was given the opportunity, obviously, um, on a regular basis to bring the word to these guys. And I thought, well, let's, let's work into their world. So the, these guys would understand this. But I, was, I started looking up words in Scripture that would be good fits athletically. So I thought, let's start there. Easy enough, right? So we started dialing up words like train, uh, discipline, pursue fight. I'm going to say those again real slowly because every one of these words invites Bible study. I can't do it for you today. It'll just blow you away. But train, discipline, pursue, and fight. We're only four in. We're just getting to, to pursue. But the, the more we dig, the more I'm stepping back like, Lord, what's going on here? You know, what, what's, what's going on here? Uh, it's not quite what I expected. You know, I, I, I try to make it make sense for a wrestler in his wrestling context or arena and basketball for basketball. But we all have to step back from it and then ask ourselves, well, God, what are you, what are you showing us? What, is, what does this mean uh, for life? So I can't unpack every one of those words, but you do have to understand what it, what it means in terms of where we're going to go with prayer today. So I'm going I'm, I'm to do a quick combo on two. And Paul... Bless his heart. He, he unpacks most of these words for us. But look at 1 Timothy 6, 11 to 12. But as for you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness, and fight the good fight of faith. So that, that sounds hands-on enough, but when we look at the word, what, what's happening? So I'll just go in order. Pursue uh, righteousness. Dioko. Um, it means to put to flight. Uh, pursue by implication to persecute. Paul knew something about that. Uh, positively, it's earnestly pursue. Negatively, it's zealously persecute. In each case, in each case, it means to pursue with all haste, chasing after, earnestly desiring to overtake. So this isn't just Rocky going up the, the steps down in Philly. This is you and me asking ourselves, Paul just exhorted us, pursue righteousness and um, godliness and faith and love. Pursue. Get up. Go. And don't stop till you tackle it. Right? 
If, if, if it's your brother or sister, okay, it's friendly. You help them back up. You chuckle and keep going. But, but how about you can flip the coin negatively? If you're struggling with what that means, look at Paul before he got saved. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to catch you and kill you. And that's my mindset for, for, for doing these things. Lord, help me. I, I need some work. And, and then he goes on further. He says, fight the good fight of the faith. Now that word, um, I always get into trouble with the Greek. Um, Agonizomahi. I have to say it out loud a few times. Agonizomahi. You're contending for a price. You're struggling. We get our English word agonize from it. When is the last time you agonized the good agony, if you will? Like, I'm, I'm just grinding this out, but we're going to get where we need to go. Properly to struggle, like engaged in an intense athletic contest or warfare. Uh, guys, that was for you, wrestlers, all right? I'm in the match. I'm in the match, and I'm not going to stop until I win this thing. Uh, I've not been able to back this up, but one study I saw... One, one resource said uh, wrestlers could risk losing their eyes if they lost the match. I, I did not dig enough to like, I'm not going to lock and load that because I'm thinking that couldn't make sense. I mean, give the guy a break. Let him lose once and come back, right? Um, but if it is true, oh my goodness, I'm definitely going to agonize to win that fight, right? I don't want to be the loser. So it's important for you to hear that because, right, again, right now, I need the Milo mindset. Door holder number three. So, Lord, you're, you're, you're asking me to have a mindset about things of you. And today we're just, we're just going to stop on prayer. But I don't want to lose anybody and, and just stay in that athletic realm. Because a lot of these are athletically um, flavored. But here's where it gets interesting. Paul's just using it to get us in the game of life. So one last stop before we get to Matthew. Turn to Colossians. And this passage helps to shed a lot of light on, on where we're going today. But turn to Colossians. Um, let's start in 4, and then we're going to flip back. But if you would look at Colossians 4, verse 12. Those of you with real Bibles, just shake your page real out so I know you're out there. You do that? I still haven't figured out phone versus Bible. I, I, I'm working on that a whole, whole lot, but that's not today's lesson. But there is something about this thing right here, um, hard copy. Uh, Colossians 4.12. This is what um, uh, Colossians 4.12 says. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, greets you always what? Laboring, laboring on your behalf in his prayers. ESV struggling. Guess what? Agonizomahi. He is fighting. He is fighting in prayer. This could be the founder of the Colossi church. I can't say 100%, but, but this, this, this brother knows what it means to go from the athletic platform, and, and now, now this is the way I'm going to labor for, for, my, for my, my, my sheep. Um, so no, I got you all there. Not that I'm trying to catch you guys. Well, pursue. I am kind of pursuing here. But uh, guys, there's, there's no back door on this conversation. If you're here, you're a pursuer. You're called by God to pursue, uh, to fight to contend, to discipline your body. It, it's, 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 it's all there. I, I, we could camp there. What does it mean to fight and struggle in prayer? Now, again, another sermon another time because this stuff can get really deep because you might say, well, what's happening here? You're, you're putting that responsibility on me. I'm saying, yes, I am. 
But, but, but don't miss, and I think Paul really nails it here. If you've got a highlighter, this one's a good one. Go back to Colossians 1. And let's look at verse 28 and 29. Because for me, I'm at a, a place in my journey where I'm trying to understand what do these effort words look like in the disciplines of the Christian faith. And I'm thankful for God's word. And I'm thankful for men like Epaphras and Paul. But if you look with me at Colossians 1, 28 and 29, um, It says, him we proclaim, that's Jesus, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he he powerfully works within me. Now, I can't completely draw that picture, but but I want to free you. I want to encourage you. I want to speak into your faith that as you look at the load of, and it isn't easy. It's good. I tell people that. Christian life, not easy, but so good. Um, This is what's happening. You determine that you will be the one to toil. You will be the one to struggle. But it's almost like, all right, Lord, I'm going to, for lack of a better analogy, I'm going to do my best to vacuum the floor today. I got me. I got my vacuum. But you got to plug in. And that's, that's the beauty of God saying, all I'm saying is you step into the game. Watch my spirit work in you and through you to do what I'm about to ask you to do. And I know, I know you well enough, many of you, to know that that is a part of your life. And I just want to speak in anyone here who's already processing possibly disqualifying yourself because those words might in, in, invite some pain or discomfort or, or challenge. Well, they, they will. They will. But press on, steady on, watch the result. Watch the result. Watch God work. Sense his power working through you. So that's the backstory. So now fast forward to the time that we have left. And now I'm trying to help these young men in the midst of my own personal life. Lord, what does it look like to exert that level of energy into the things you've called all of us to do and to be? And all we're going to do today for the last few minutes, all we're going to do today is just examine prayer. And just what God might be saying. So we've learned from Epaphras, let's be fighters in prayer. We're leaning, as Paul says in Colossians 1, leaning on the Holy Spirit. Just show me, please, guide me. And we're going to see what, what God does with that. So I have some, uh, some slides to go with us here. Um, and this one, this one, slide two, is, is going to begin our, our journey in, in Matthew 6. I'm, I'm going to just jump, guys, to... Um, Verse 7, okay, uh, just uh, for, for where I just want to kind of hit the bullseye uh, today. But Jesus is speaking, uh, uh, this, this massive group of people, the Sermon on the Mount. Um, I don't know what you picture. Like, I, I kind of think the disciples are, are a little closer in range, and then it spreads outward. But he says, and when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them. For your father knows what you need before you ask him. So for the next few minutes, I want to see where Jesus is taking us. I want to break down just just a little bit of meaning for you. And then we want to look to Jesus and see how he models this for us. And hopefully at the end of this time together, we'll be better for it. But this could be, there's three things that hopefully will happen in our time together. One, you're going to know what prayer means. Two, you're going to know that Jesus is asking you to go somewhere, a literal place, and meet him there. I can't say that it will be resolved before the end of this service, but that if, if I can plant a seed of discussion for spouses, for grandparents, for aunts and uncles, and like, 
I've never really thought about that. Or I, I have thought about it, but I've never really locked it in. Or I, I understood January 14th, some of us are, are, are still on that resolution trail. Probably by now it's hit or miss, right? By the 14th, like you're either gaining some speed with that resolution or the New Year's resolution, or maybe it's starting to fade. I don't know what you do with spiritual disciplines this time of year. Like I'm going to read through the Bible in a year. Or, um, I am going to actually find a place and meet with God every day. I don't know all those things, but I'm not here to talk resolution, okay? I, I really want to foster conversation on what this could look like if you determine I will pursue, I will train, I will fight, and, and, and God is inviting me to find a place, go through that door, sit down, and meet with him. So if you're thinking through that, that's a win today. Um, and then finally, we want to get a little bit of a, a, a better glimpse of who God is in that space. But this is the slide right here. If, if, if you're sometimes with students, I say, take a picture of it. Or if you're a fast rider. But this, this is, um, I got to be careful for time. I, this is where I would camp for quite a bit because this has been transforming, uh, very, very transformational in my own life. Um, this is the Greek word for prayer uh, used 86 times predominantly, the, the, the word for prayer in the New Testament. Um, pros, here we go again, prosukomahi, prosukomahi. And there's two words in there, pros and yuksomahi. To, to, so you're, you're, you're going forward in exchange and to wish and to pray. So this is so key. Again, this is, this is another sermon. This is another lesson. If you study the trend of prayer in the Old Testament to the New Testament, uh, th this is lights out. And that's not to take away from old. Do not do that. Do not do that. And I'm sorry if I set that up. Do not do that. It's progressively God is revealing himself and he's speaking. Old Testament prayer is mostly supplication. God, I'm coming. I need help. New Testament prayer, and that's, that's my pitch for closet today. We'll, we'll get there. New, New Testament prayer is, God, I'm, I'm, I'm coming. I'm coming. And I'm inviting this discussion with you. And I'm, I'm going to extend to you what I think is my best. But I know... You're extending to me your best. Those of you who know me best, you know I usually get a little bit wavery at some point. <laughs> John's laughing. I, I, you just got to bear with me because I'm processing a number of requests right now. My best doesn't always look like God's. And that's okay. But this is the posture he wants. This is the conversation he's fostering. And it's a time to listen as much as it's a time to speak. But, but some of this, guys, is just, just go and keep growing. Guys, this is more just like let's, let's just do a lap together. I, I know some of you where you're at, and you've, you've inspired me in terms of some of these conversations. This is not about catch up and get there. This is let's, let's just go together. But please understand what's happening here. You can find, I'm going to get ahead of myself here because we're going to just, the opening line of the Lord's Prayer. You can find fatherly conversation in the Old Testament, but not much, and it's not in prayer. Now, I'll disclaim that. Look it up and prove me wrong because that was not my study today. Uh, Psalm 103 is, is a close component where David says, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord. Uh, you'll see referencing but when Jesus shows up in Matthew 6, brand, brand new ballgame. Brand new ballgame. That, that, that we could have enter, like, entertained the presence of God and actually have voice to say, God, I'm, I'm coming. 
and this is what I'm offering you. So if that's all you get today, you just stop there and, and circle it. Now, I do want you to understand, you could go back um, to, um, uh, uh, I, I believe, um, I'm looking for it. I'm not spotting it. So we, we can just, well, we can go back to verse 5. But when you pray, I'd circle that, verse 7. When you pray, I'd circle that. Um, when you fast, verse 16, Jesus isn't offering an option, okay? He's not offering an option. This is train, pursue, discipline. Lord, if I prayed five minutes today, help me to pray seven tomorrow. Uh, but Ted, I pray all the time. God bless you. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. But let's not miss where he's going right now in this conversation. Um, so... Uh, I'm going to let Billy Graham set up where we're going from when we pray. This is what he says. I'll let you look at that. Prayer is really a place where you meet God in genuine conversation. Uh, true prayer includes thanking and praising him for who he is and all he does. No matter how dark and hopeless the situation may seem, never stop praying. We can't afford to be uh, too busy to pray. Now, I'm going to build off of Billy's uh, comment here because um, I'm trying to be gracious in terms of what's on my heart, but what I believe is on my heart because I believe, I'm, I don't want to be presumptuous, but I believe it's on the heart of God. When you pray, not just praying all the time, not as you're just driving to run errands, but when you pray, what, what does he ask next? Okay, next slide. He says, go into your room. He says, go into your room. All right. Now, room is, is not room as we might know it. If, if I liken it to your house, it would look like a pantry, um, a closet, a storehouse. I got to go into clock management. But if you look up t Luke 12, 24, the birds of the air, that's the passage. They don't toil, they don't sp um, spin. Um, I might be mixing up the flowers with the birds. Uh, but um, uh, they, they don't have storehouses. They don't have barns. Now, don't miss that. It's used only four times. Most of the context is you go find a room, but he slips in Luke 12, 24. I'm not a theologian, so I don't know why, but here's the thought. He's like, just, just so you know what this could be. Just so you know, when you close the door and meet me in private, and no one's looking, and you're thinking, this is ridiculous, what's going on? I'm trying so hard, but I'm thinking about groceries, and I'm thinking about the kids waking up. Whatever that is, he's like, no, 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 stay there. Stay there. The barn door is about to swing open. Get ready. Get ready. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to feed you. I'm going to overwhelm you. Uh, that's the faith posture. That's the Milo, right? That's the door holder number three. You're like, Lord, I'm coming. Man. I'm hardly awake right now. Hardly can concentrate. But I'm going to find that spot, and I'm going to meet you there. But just so you know, that, that spot would look like, like a closet for you. Now, don't dismiss me because you're like, Ted, if you only knew, I can't fit in my closet. It's not going to work. We're just going to leave it at that. You guys, just take with you right now what God is inviting you to do, to come to him. Prost, I come in intimate fellowship. Lord, I'm excited to share, but I'm, I'm even more excited that you're excited to share. I'm coming, and I need a space in my house to do that. Okay, so help me begin the conversation today. If you don't have that space, pray through it. 
I'm not ready to default because I'm trying to think ahead of this sermon. Uh, uh, Ted, my, my time's my commute, my morning commute. That's good. It's not best. It's good. Don't stop. Put that in the pray without ceasing, right? But, but figure this out. Figure this out. Bedroom, office, um, I, where, where I'm trying right now to flesh out, I call it our man cave downstairs. Uh, because um, the only thing I'm going to share, hopefully personally for me to use, um, I, I, I like to have a space where I can see an empty chair. And I say, it's, it's go time. <laughs> I'm still working on this. It's, it's still new for me. Uh, some of that emotion for me is just still blown away that Jesus wants to sit with me. Here we go. Been waiting for you. Come on in. All right, I'm getting ahead of myself with, with the whole progress here, but that's what room means, so you, you, you need to understand that. And, and let me just say, let me introduce you to someone you may or may not know. Want to talk to young moms? Want to talk to maybe not so young moms? Wherever you are on the spectrum, if you've, if, if you've now gotten to the point where, like Ted, you don't even know my world, uh, I want to in, introduce you to Susanna Wesley. Some of you know who she is, mother of Charles. And who's the other guy? John, all right, you may or may not know, there are two of 19, there are two of 19, she lost about, I think, nine of her children, uh, raised about 10, again, I'm not a Susanna Wesley expert, I did read one, this is just one room, one room house, she had nowhere to go, so it's like, kids, I'm flipping the apron over my head, and I'm meeting with the Lord, and that's my time with him, and don't bother me. I, I, I've seen uh, in, in, in trying to understand, you know, what this actually looks like, that that time could, could be two hours. And I know some of you moms are like, Ted, if you understood where my kids would go if I had an apron over my head in two hours, lights out, it'd be crazy. Um, I'm not saying that you have to do it. I just want you to know it can be done. All right? I will, I will bring the closet into the space uh, that, that God has given me, and we'll make it work. And moms, keep doing it. I know just relationally, I think of, of my own journey with Wanda. It's, it's, but, but now, are those words making sense? Yeah. <laughs> you know, discipline, it, really, it means to strike under the eye. The only other time that word discipline is used is when Jesus is talking in Luke, um, double check me on this, Luke 11 or Luke 18, uh, the, the widow with the unrighteous judge. The judge is like, I'm going to give her what she wants because she keeps beating me down. She keeps striking me in the eye. Now, that was figuratively Paul, I think, is too, but he took that word and said, I will discipline my body because I don't want to be disqualified. I want to get to heaven, I want to get there well, and I want to help everybody in my life to do the same. And I'll use that word. So I'm, I'm stopping there because God bless her. This woman is, she's, she's like, God, I'm going I'm I'm to duke this out. I am going to win this battle. And look, look at the fruit of this woman's prayer. Look at the history of the John Wesley and the Great Awakening and, and Charles uh, as well. Uh, so that's, that's um, just a reminder that, that it, it is possible. Um, just a couple other slides just so you can see a little bit of what's going on here. Um, we'll rip these off. Your father who's in secret is pretty much, you know, a given. Um, no, no real twists on that. Concealed, private. It invites study because at one point, if you look at the passage, it says he is in secret. He doesn't just see in secret. He is in secret. And the word secret is, is used, um, I would safely say, maybe up to three times, 6'4", six, 6'6", six, six, and 6'18". Again, today's uh, sharing is not all about why, 
But just know that's the economy. Come, find a place, meet me there. It's hidden, it's secret, but I know you're there and I'll, I'll meet you there. Um, it's just a beautiful picture. Uh, and then finally, he will reward. That's the next slide. Uh, I, this is worth just processing. Does God owe us anything? I don't think so. But if you look at that word, doesn't it strike you that it's almost like, I see what you're doing. I'm going to recompense you as if he had to. I'm going to restore you as if he had to. But how about that for your father who's like, I know what it's like for you to fall down and, and get up and try to get the kids out the door and, and, and minister to your, your, your husband or your spouse or you got work obligations. I, I know all that. Just come. Come away. I'll see it. You see a little bit of the connection now with the grain house, the storehouse? I won't hold anything. I, again, I don't want to be presumptuous, but God's blessing in my life, even if it's a tiny one, it's way bigger than my biggest. Guys, I'll, I'll meet you there. I'll meet you there. All right, so that's the context uh, today. Uh, we're, we're, we're doing good. We, we understand what prayer is, a holy exchange. God, I'm coming. I'll give you my best, but I understand the more I meet with you and the more I grow in, in, in love with you and understand your love for me, I, I'm, I'm more about what's in your hands. I may not always get it, may not always get it, but I know you're there and I know you're extending yourself. That's Matthew 6, as an actual place. Let's see what Jesus does to, to reinforce that. So we're going to close this out here in Mark chapter 1. Turn to Mark chapter 1. Mark, Mark gets right into the life of Christ. No, <laughs> Mark, I don't know if he's a Debbie Downer, but we'd have no like Christmas pageant. We wouldn't have Milo the door holder if we went with Mark because we have no nativity, no wise men. Mark just is like, here we go. Here we go. All right. In the beginning, gospel of Jesus. Hey, but don't miss that, guys. Don't miss that. Um, some of you have a, a keener eye as far as um, where this day starts. But let's start where I, where I took you. Let's, let's look at verse 35. And rising very early in the morning while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place. Now, I'm going to break these things down for you just very briefly uh, because this is where it can get, get a little sticky. Ted, I am not a morning person. You have no clue. I'm just gone. You lost me now. I try to be Milo for you, but you're telling me to consider getting up early. Check out. Done. I'm a night owl. Stay with me. Stay with me. There's still room. Still room on the, on the prayer bus. Uh, let me just say, though, let's, let's learn from Jesus. Look, guys, look at this is, from, from what I understand, this is the longest recorded day in the life of of Jesus, okay? This is the longest recorded, recorded day. Now, I, I, we'll play it safe and look at verse 16. So we have Jesus calling his first disciples, follow me. Verse 21, they go into Capernaum. It's the Sabbath. He enters a synagogue. He's gonna heal a man with an unclean spirit. At once his fame spread, verse 28. Immediately he leaves the synagogue. He enters the house of Simon and Andrew, 
he heals Simon's mother-in-law. And that evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick, oppressed. The whole city was gathered. The whole city. That's Capernaum. Uh, I did a little fact-finding. Could have been maybe 1,500 people. So think about that. Even if Mark's just saying there's a lot of people. Think about what that looked like in, in, in uh, P- Peter's backyard and, and, and the, pressing, the pressing in. And it says he healed many who were sick with various diseases, cast out many demons, and he wouldn't permit the, permit the demons to speak because they knew him. All, all I want you to consider there is what we're about to read in verse 35 is up against what is the busiest day recorded in the life of Christ. Jesus doesn't make a pitch. He doesn't stick a finger at you. Come on, let's go. Just matter-of-factly. Now, scholars believe that Peter is helping Mark to write this book. That's where my holy imagination kicks in. Did Peter get up with Jesus? Did he walk with him? Did he find out where he went rising early? He departed, went to solitary place? Uh, I don't know. The humor in me thinks most of the disciples, if they're like me, they're like, oh, Jesus checking out. It's the fourth watch. He's going. That means I got about two more hours to sleep. I don't know. I don't know. We have no, I don't think we have any recorded knowledge of, of disciples outside of the, you know, the, the garden, you know, when, when it was stand watch with me and, and, and they couldn't. Um, I don't know. But if Peter's tracking, he's tracking enough. To, this, is, this is what I want you to know about my Savior. This is what I want you to know. Now, I'm going to just quickly break that down for you because I think it has relevance for, for this closet space in our life and what it could look like in developing um, this habit. Uh, the first thing I want to say about that, because he's, he's been an inspiration um, in, in my life, um, put up that quote uh, from Martin Luther. He says, guard yourself carefully against those false, deluding ideas which tell you, wait a little while, I'll pray in an hour. First, I must attend to this or that. Such thoughts get you away from prayer and into other affairs which so hold your attention and involve you that nothing comes of prayer that day. Uh, I, I brought this for you because some of you, if you want to, you know, if there's a little stirring, that's my prayer. We're, we're throwing out seed today. I, I do believe this is, this is congregation-wide relevant, but I realize some of you, how you receive it and process it might, it might take time. It, it might be at different places, but if you're tracking to that extent, Martin Luther, when he, he wrote that, was writing to a good friend, his barber, Peter Beskendorf. This is not a very big book. Uh, still not the cheapest. Uh, you can get it still today. Uh, his barber asked him, would you just tell, teach me how to pray? And um, this is, this is a, a, a part of, of, of Luther's challenge uh, to, to his barber. And, and, and all I want you to hear there, guys, is, is what, what will you do? Um, we, we know that, that there, there is a level of work to be done. God's spirit enables, but he's inviting you to, to, to enter into that, that pursuing, uh, that discipline, um, that fight. Uh, but what, what will we do to, to just not dismiss, ah, you know, maybe tomorrow, maybe tomorrow. Um, and, and by the way, if I can encourage some of you guys, and this is where I could bring up Max and Jack and Dante, I'm learning a lot about the difference between trying and training. And if I could be, I, I don't want to be rude in any way. Don't try. Don't, don't try. If, if you categorize closet prayer in the context of try, there's a greater chance you're going to fail. But if you, if you train, I'm going to take this right, bear with me here. If you train according to the Greek, there's full effort, 
um, it conveys proficiency through practice. We get our word gym, gymnasium from, from the word train. Proficiency through practice. Uh, I love that because I, I can, so I'm not a morning guy. I can oversleep four out of five days. But it's that one day I check in. It's like, God, here we go. I made that first step. I'm going to build off of that the next week. Versus, ah, I'm trying. It's not working. I'm trying. No, no, no. It doesn't matter. I'm, I'm in training. I'm in training. It's go time. God is calling me to fight earnestly in prayer. Like Brother Epaphras. So maybe it's just one time this week I nail it down. Next week it's going to be two. Does that make sense? I'm, I'm, I'm training it out. So what, what I'd like for you guys to do, let's go back to um, the Mark 135. And I, I, just a couple things that, that I'll highlight, and then uh, we'll, we'll close this out. Just want to make sure I'm not missing anything. Most of these words... They speak for themselves. The rising very early while it's still dark is obviously more than one Greek word. It's, it's early enough that it's still nighttime. It's the fourth watch. It's the fourth watch. Um, this, is worth, this is worth the look. Turn, turn to Mark 16, 9, please. And if you've got your real Bible, flip your pages so I know you're with me. Mark 16, 9. Think this is the only time rising early, Jesus. But check that out. Is that beautiful? Now, when he rose early, who's he? That's Jesus. Rose what from the grave? On the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary. The rising early, fourth watch is about three to six in the morning. And if you're still tracking with me, guys, I'm all about like 5.59 versus uh, where you might meet there. I, I, I count on that sometimes to just have a little bit of that grace. But uh, if, you're, if you're tracking the, the watch, the, the fourth watch, three, do, do we have to take shelter? Because I, I, I don't know if that's a like amber alert or just let me know. I, oh, I just got it. Snow squall. There we go, right? Distractions. Come on. Let's pursue. Let's pursue. How come some phones, it fires off? Like, I could have, you would have been safe and, and sheltered, and I would have been up here because mine didn't go off, and I drive out in a, uh, I don't get that. I'd be out in the snow squall. Wow. Well, all I want you to know about that fourth watch is it's, it's three to six. I would strong, I'm not an authority, but I would suggest this is the best. This is the best. For, for you to find that time and space in your day, what are you up against at 3 or 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning? Maybe that first second, oh, I'm still going to factor in coffee. Uh, my dog, God bless her, she's, she's ready to eat it. For any time I stir, she's right there. Some accountability. I, I'm not going to press too hard on that. because Some of you have some schedules, please, and I apologize if I'm offending anyone in the sense like you just don't know. You're right, I don't. I'm just giving you what Jesus did, and I don't want to be trite with that. Your fourth watch might look different, but as you work through it, and Susanna Wesley had to, and you have to create it, just consider what that space looks like. And for time's sake, um, I would just say in this sequence, and this is what's helping me to fashion this time, rising up's on me. 
I will be intentional. I have to get out of bed. Colossians 1, 29. I'm plugging in, Lord. Get that spirit going. I will do it. I'm up. Rising early. We see Jesus go. He's going up. What's important for you as you find this time in your life and you create it, and some of you, you're veterans, and all I can say, because I thought of you too, if this is happening in your life, you got to start sharing very humbly your story. Because that's what Paul's pursuing. He's pursuing little disciples. You want your children to be closet prayer people. You want your grandchildren to be closet prayer people. Why do you think Susanna Wesley's kids got up loving Jesus? Because it's like, what's mom's got the apron over her head? And okay, that's what she's doing. So no aprons if you don't need it. But you, please understand what I'm saying. That's not prideful or pious. Or, you want your kids knowing you're, you're, you're getting up and going somewhere. So rise up early. Process it. Process it. Um, this, I love that sequence. You are departing from. You, you literally, I think that's built into the text. My thought is because there's something you're going to have to give up or walk away from to get to where you're going to meet the Lord and, and, and find the storehouse. Could be you got to leave your phone here to go here. This is where it gets tricky as far as creating closet space in the car. Again, I love it. Plan B, though. Plan A, I want a place where I can get up, go, and I've departed from distraction. Okay, And then if you notice the sequence, you are going to. You are going to. That, that space represents the God space in your life. Nothing, nothing magical about it. But I'm leaving where I would typically be. Sports Center, ESPN, Action News, uh, radio. Lord, just for five minutes, five minute starters, I'm going to get up, I'm going to depart from, and I'm going to enter into. And here's where it's beautiful, and I'll, I'll, I'll close, I think I'll close with this. It says he went out to a, a desolate place. And I was trying to look at the comparison of the father who meets you in secret, close the door, meet him in secret. It just fascinates me that Jesus' model, who, how about that? Is, is that humorous or what? He's telling me to do it, and he, I don't even think he had a house. I don't even think he had a closet. So, so he's showing me what it looks like to create closet outside. And if you argue that, like, there you go, Ted, nature's my closet. okay. But understand these dynamics, rising up, departing from, uh, what that looks like to legitimately, consistently have it. This is the consistently, I would think, uh, for Jesus. But he's taking what he's doing, he's saying, it can fit. This can fit in Matthew 6. Again, I don't want to be presumptuous, but this, this, this can work in your prayer life. And here's what I want you to know about um, solitary prayer. It's properly an uncultivated, unpopulated place. It's a desolate, deserted area. Figuratively, it's barren. It's a solitary place that also provides needed quiet, freedom from disturbance. How about that? Jesus, who, who just is, is walking and, and nurturing his disciples and, 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 and doing life on life, is still creating for us this, this element of like, I know when you go, for many of you, it's going to be in your home. You're going to minister out of your home. So find this place. But this is what desolate could look like for you because this is what happens. In Scripture, a desert is ironically also where God richly grants his presence and provision for those seeking him. The limitless Lord shows himself strong in the limiting, difficult scenes of life. Let me read the first part of that again. In Scripture... A desert is ironically also where God richly grants his presence and provision. I don't think it's coincidence. Closet, three times closet, fourth storehouse. 
You come out to the desolate. And lately I've been thinking of my prayer time like an empty plate and an empty cup. Usually it's filled with coffee, but Lord, I'm coming. Here's that extension, the pro he, in part of my Greek. Father, I'm coming, empty plate, empty cup. And this, this place makes no earthly sense. The world will look and say, you knucklehead, what are you doing wasting that time? I'm coming. I'm going to sit down with that cup and, and that plate, and I'm going to meet you in the desolate because that's, that's where you show up, the God of provision. Let, let the storehouse door be open. So just think about that as a rhythm. That's all. I just encourage you to think about that as a rhythm. As we close, uh, guys, I, I want to just say that uh, when you get to the what next, so you work through um, the, the definition of, of, of prayer and, 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 and you, you continue to get a rhythm of what that looks like to come to God and extend your best and, and then listen and have a conversation with God, what's your best? Um, as you work through that and as you start to define, and, and I'm, that's, that's totally on you, and that's how I'm going to pray you out. When I say define, what could be your best time? Grow through it. Learn through it. Have conversation with God. Here's my time. Here's my place. I want to close by just encouraging you guys, take with you verses 9 through 13. And I'm cheating now. This, this again, comes from um, Martin Luther he taught Peter how to, I'll call it, prime the pump. He said, Peter, if you're having a hard time with the Lord a specific day, if you're struggling, this, this is where I go. You'd start with some scripture, possibly the Psalms, and, and, and get, get, get your feet on the ground in prayer. But, but if you need, if, if, if you're like me, you're like, okay, crickets, it's five o'clock. I don't get up until seven. I feel like a fish out of water. Like, okay, uh, what do I do? Martin Luther, and this is a great pickup for you guys, um, Martin Luther suggests pray through the Lord's Prayer just a piece at a time and meet the Lord there. And you stay as long as you can right there. And uh, we aren't going to model that today, but I'll close with this slide. This is another guy who's really uh, influenced my life. We'll close uh, with, with Andrew Murray. And this is in the spirit of, of just our Father, our Father. Just stop there for a minute. Understand what that means. If you're tracking with me and, and taking notes, I'll give you quick uh, two addresses, Romans 8.15 and Galatians 4.6. I'll repeat them uh, one more time because um, some of you, you, you just need to know that that's who you are. That's who God sees you to be. Romans 8.15 and, and Galatians 4.6, both of those speak to God giving you a spirit of sonship, daughtership, in which we cry out, what? Abba, Papa. Abba, Father. The only difference between the two is, one, you cry out. Here's that Colossians 1.29. You're crying out. The other reference, the Spirit's crying out within you. It's a beautiful marriage. It's like, I'm, you cry out because he's telling you to cry out, but it's still, you cry out because you're the child of God that you are. And um, just, just soak that in. I can't tell you guys how many times uh, I've just chewed on that. Um, I will say walking my dog has become closet space for me, but I will tell you, as far as my own journey and trying to hold accountability with my boys over here, my brothers and, and, and the Karen basketball team, I am trying to figure this place out for me. And it's a little bumpy, but I tell you, it's getting good, it's getting better. Uh, walking Lily has been plan B, my dog. I walk her every day. And sometimes that's all I do. I just start 
Our Father, who art in heaven. Sometimes I'll say the whole Lord's Prayer to prime the pump, but, but I just try to take his advice. You know, let, me just, let me just let you be my Father right now. Let me just, just let, let, soak that up. And then you got these godly warriors, E.M. Bounds. By the way, that's the only other book I'll give to you. Some of you guys, are, you're getting after it. You're pursuing. Uh, this is called Prayer's the Answer. This is less than a dollar at Christian Books. This has been one of my most go-to, get it in. The, I, you know, I, think, I think my wrestlers may have gotten this and just gave it to the Karen basketball team. Um, it's excerpts from E.M. Bounds, Andrew Murray, and John Wesley. But Murray, Murray just, just hit a home run on this one. He said, above all, let us hold fast to this blessed truth that the knowledge of the fatherhood of God, the revelation of his infinite fatherliness in our hearts, the faith and the infinite love that gives us his son and his spirit. You see the trinity there? You see God at working in your time, your closet time, to make us in, uh, his children. That is the secret, the secret of prayer. If anything else, if you're just seeing time, darkness, bed, sleep, you're, 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 you're missing this. You need to see Jesus. You need to see his hands extended. You need to know who he is in terms of the storehouse of not just answered prayer, but his love, his grace, his mercy extended to you. And I would say start here. God, I just want to get to know you even better as, as my father. All right, that was uh, my heart for you today. And uh, I, I trust that God would plant some seeds uh, in that. And if anything, have conversation. There's room today while, while you eat lunch to agree or disagree. You go back to the text. Um, I'd love to hear some feedback on that. And I know some of you, I, I, I really do. I, I was just in the home of a dear brother in this room uh, where we met. And, and I was... <laughs> we met where he prays. And it's like holy ground. He didn't know that I was going to be preaching on that today. We just had a visit. He was sharing some things. And I thought, my goodness, Lord, this is so good. I'm sitting with a brother. And in his quiet space, this is his closet. And he welcomed me into that. That's for you. That's for me. And let's, let's just figure that out together. And I know, I know God will help you do that. I really do. I believe it's his heart. It's the heart of Matthew 6. So let's pursue, let's discipline, let's train. Don't try, let's train. Uh, and let's fight the good fight. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you so much for uh, the, 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 the reading of your word and, 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 and just how, how you invite us to have this space with you. And, and Jesus, it wasn't enough that you just said it. You did it. You lived it. Can't imagine what those hours in prayer look like for you. Can't even imagine if we, if we were there, if we'd understand. But Lord, I do know this in terms of how you revealed yourself to us and your character, that this is a place for us. This, this, is, this is a room and a space to explore. So I praise you for everyone here that is doing it, and I will pray over those like myself who are like, Lord, it's time. This is a part of what training in my life looks like. I want to learn to have a closet prayer life. And I want to know what it means to meet you there and be an intercessor for my, my wife, my children, my grandchildren, my church family, our next pastor. Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to meet you. And we'll look to you to guide us through that process in Jesus' name. Amen.